With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Maller here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com, you can find it there. Or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's welcome in a gentleman. I always like to yuck it up with him because uh, oftentimes we find humor in the travails of teams that are underachieving. Say hello to Amal Shaw. Amal, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, buddy. Great to be on with you. I was looking forward to our conversation because in my text I said, well, another another Pistons loss, and wouldn't you know it, they blow a 21-point lead. Now, I don't know, Amal, maybe you're pretty sharp. Maybe you had them on the money line plus 830 in the first half and then grab Boston plus 112 in the second half, or maybe you grab the 17. How do you handicap? How do you book this team anymore, Amal? I, I think it's very difficult. No, I wasn't smart enough to take them in the first half, but I am a big fan of taking home teams that are, you know, prohibitive favorites against a team like Detroit. You could have gotten the Celtics plus two and a half or three and a half uh, for the second half number, depending on where you got and where it wound up. But, you know, the biggest issue, Bernie, when you look at this team, to me, it's just a lack of effort on the defensive end. I mean, they've given up at least 107 points during this losing streak. At some point in time, if you don't give a defensive effort, you're going to lose games. And even even though they don't have the talent, no team should be losing 28 games in a row in the NBA. And a lot of times they've been blown out by 30, and they've blown many double-digit leads. And the important thing now is to look ahead to Saturday when they host Toronto. Toronto's only 11-18. and 18. Have you seen a send-off line for that game yet? I have not as of yet. Now, the Pistons, believe it or not, a couple of weeks ago were actually a home two-and-a-half point against, uh, check that, two-and-a-half point favorite against Utah, and uh, <laughs> they blew it, uh, and I was told that Utah looked like a G League team, but 
Let's skip ahead because I want to share this with you. You know, I covered the 2008 Detroit Lions with 0-16. I know that as the season went on, you'd get to the fourth quarter, and no one wanted to be the team that lost to those guys. I'm sensing that here with the Pistons as well. But there's money to be made. Do you start to look at grabbing the dog because eventually things regress to the mean, or do you just stay away? Well, no, you, when you look at the underdog, if you're taking the points, I mean, think about it tonight. If you had uh, Detroit in the points, you were never in a sweat. Right. Boston's largest, Boston's largest lead in this game was eight. The initial number was around, I think, 17, 19 and a half or 18 and a half, and it came down. It was 16, 16 and a half, and I think it closed at 17. Well, go ahead. Regardless, you were right. Yeah. You're never in trouble. And so, you know, if you look at some of these situations when you have some of these matchups against certain opponents, like, for example, when they play on the road in Denver on the 7th of January, they're going to be huge underdogs. And, you know, it's not easy with Detroit because you're always kind of holding your breath. But at the same time, it's hard to cover such big numbers in the NBA. We see it consistently. And this team is going to be fighting and clawing. I mean, look, they're getting covered right now like they're the 2,000 Lakers. I mean, they're getting more coverage in the NBA right now than any other team. And it's really, obviously, for futility. But um, I don't know where the win is going to come on this schedule. You mentioned the game against Utah. I had Detroit in that game. And I was on the wrong side of that one. I thought that would be a good opportunity against the Jazz, who were playing back-to-back after having played Cleveland the previous night. They had several starters out in that game. Still couldn't put it together. Now you look at the schedule. You've got a home game against the Raptors. After that, you've got a four-game road trip. Maybe uh, on the 10th of January against the Spurs at home might be their best opportunity. But I mean, yes. this thing is really disintegrating. You, you are correct. That's actually a game people are looking at uh, on the schedule the Spurs, I, I believe that game, is that game in San Antonio? Or is no, it, it's in Detroit. It's in Detroit, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and the Spurs won, won tonight. Uh, so, But then if they, they can't get it done there, five days later they play uh, Washington, who's also scuffling this year. But the fear is, and I've talked to many people there that say, hey, you, you got to see how bad this team is to believe it. If they get to that point and haven't beaten Washington or San Antonio, they'd be 2-38, and 38, believe it or not. So this is uh, this is uh, crazy. Amal, I want to flip to the NFL because uh, another Detroit team who's back into the playoffs now. Some things are happening with that line Saturday night. Dallas at one point was a six-point favorite. Plenty of steam must have come in on the Lions because it's, what, now down to four and a half, Amal? Yeah, that's correct. And it's coming down and it's dropping pretty quickly. What, uh, what, what, are there injuries involved that we're not hearing about? What's, what's been the situation there? Well, I think, first of all, Detroit's been a very competitive team. They're sitting at 11-4, and four, Detroit with the same, uh, excuse me, uh, Dallas with the 10-5 and five record. Uh, and Detroit, you know, they deserve some respect. That's a pretty big number for a team that's had the type of season that they've had. You look at it, the Bears seem to have a little bit of their numbers. Probably should have beaten them twice. They laid an egg in that game against the Ravens, and they had an early loss against the Seahawks. But for the most part, this team has really performed well. And the other thing is, Bernie, I made the argument on my show today that if I'm Dallas, I actually don't play anybody. You're not going to get the one seed unless the Eagles lose to the Giants in the final game of the regular season. Probably not likely. They play Arizona this week. So it's a tough scenario to see playing out where um, the Cowboys are going to be able to win that division. And you want to rest as much as you can because unlike the one seed in either conference, you're not going to have that bye week. So I don't know. I'm just being realistic. They're going to go on the road to Tampa. It's a good matchup for the Cowboys in the first round. I mean, do you really believe that the Giants are going to lose, even though they were competitive in that game with Tyrod Taylor against Philadelphia? 
But remember, Philly was dominating. Jalen Hurts made a bad decision at the end of the first half. They were fortunate enough to be able to get three points. But if he had gone out of bounds, they would have had an opportunity to get seven. And then you have the collision between the two guys on special teams to start the second half. And that led to points. And then you had um, Dallas Goddard slipping on a play of Dory Jackson with a pick six. So I, I don't know if that's the type of, uh, you know, idea that you want to kind of live on if you're the Dallas Cowboys and hoping that the New York Giants are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles at the Meadowlands in week 18. I think, well, first of all, you raise a very valid point. We're talking with Amal Shaw. Here, here's the situation. I think there's some concern in Dallas if they drop that third game in a row. And I think mentally they need to get themselves a get-right game. But you are correct. As it stands right now, I think they're locked into the five seed, and they would go yeah. to Tampa Bay. And, and frankly, Dallas scares me on the road because they have a turnover-prone quarterback, and they got a coach that looks like he's wandering the ball parking lot, can't find his car in crunch time. So it's a situation where – no trust. I have kind of a theme tonight. Optimism, pessimism, realism. I'm very realistic about the Cowboys. They're they're pretty good at home. I mean, they're, I mean you know, their road home splits are, splits are uh, tremendous. Uh, who do you think in this NFL tournament comes out of left field that we're not talking about them all, if there is such a team? I think there's two teams that one in each conference I would look at. Uh, I think the obvious one, I'll give you actually two in the AFC. I think the Browns are dangerous because of yes. their defense. Yes. I, 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 I think they get Jacksonville probably in the first round if everything shakes out the way the current playoff picture is, assuming the Jaguars win the division. However, with that being said, um, I, I think the Browns can beat them. And then I think Buffalo is playing well enough. And when you look at the AFC, even though it appears that if, if the Ravens win on Sunday, they're going to win it. If the Dolphins win, uh, they should end up winning the AFC. But the, the big thing is right now, when you look at the conference, um, I think Buffalo and Cleveland are two very dangerous teams to make to, to potentially get to the Super Bowl because nobody's dominant. And then in the NFC, I would look at the Rams. If you look at every quarterback in the NFC that's going to be in the postseason, Matthew Stafford is the one with the Super Bowl ring. He's a potential probable future Hall of Famer. And on top of it, I would make the argument – his experience, and he's most tested of any quarterback in this situation in the playoffs. As well as Purdy's played, he's a little bit inexperienced. Uh, Jalen Hurts obviously got the Super Bowl last year, but hasn't performed particularly well. We know the shortcomings of Dak Prescott. So I think the Rams with Sean McVay, with that tandem at receiver, Harrod Williams coming on in the running game, they're a dangerous football team. I, I agree they are, and uh, they're getting hot at the right time. And, of course, people are pining for that 3-6 matchup. If the season were to end today, the Rams would visit Detroit, and the storylines there write themselves. Matt Stafford coming back home where he never won a playoff game. Uh, I would make the Lions probably three. Uh, I don't – but who, would you like a side in that game? I, I just can't back Matt Stafford in the playoffs. I know they had that miracle season two years ago, but I, but your thoughts, Amal. What, who would you back well, in that game? I would go with the Rams for a couple of reasons. Okay. I want to go with the coach, coaching edge for the Rams. And you said you can't back Matt Stafford. I can appreciate where you're coming from. But I would ask you the same question. Are you confident in Jared Goff when the chips are down? I know he got to a Super Bowl, yeah. but to me, a lot of that was a benefactor of having a great team around him with the Rams. And again, that's Sean McVay, who was the coach for both of these guys. I just like the fact that Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup are a matchup nightmare. I think they can present some real problems for this uh, Lions defense. That's fair. Uh, the answer to your question is, 
at home, yes, I would trust Jared Goff. And uh, But it's a story for a different day. We may not even get to that matchup. Seattle will have something to say about that. So we'll we'll see where it, where it shakes out. Oftentimes, you try to thread the needle on these situations, and it ends up being something uh, uh, completely different. One other game before I jump to the situation uh, that's coming up this Monday, the made-for-TV Invitational Tournament. Uh, Miami Indian, or check that, Miami Baltimore. I understand Sharp Money is coming in on Baltimore. The line is only three. Your thoughts on that game? I like Baltimore particularly because they're at home. And remember, the Dolphins have beaten them the last two times. Remember a couple of years ago they played on the Thursday night game. Baltimore went in the South Florida loss. And then I think it was last year early in the season, the Ravens blew a 21-point lead. And Miami comes back and wins that football game. I don't think the third time is going to be a charm. Baltimore is a very good football team at home. I know they had a couple of losses against the Browns and against the Colts earlier this year, but I think they correct that. For me, it's not based on the performance against uh, San Francisco as to why I like Baltimore. I just don't believe in the Dolphins as much as other people do. I thought Dallas missed some opportunities in that game against the Dolphins. And if you look at the Dolphins' schedule, they really have not been great against elite competition. They did, they did get the win against Dallas. But other than that, they don't have a ton of wins on their schedule where you look and go, wow, they beat some good teams. They've been benefactors of having a weak schedule, and that's put them in a position to be able to potentially win the AFC East. Here's the other thing, though, Bernie, when you look at it. This team doesn't win this game. Then all of a sudden, you're in South Florida in the final game of the regular season against the Buffalo team that seems to be ascending at the right time playing for the AFC East. So not an easy situation or scenario there. Good stuff. As we wrap it up, Amal, uh, let's look to Monday. Money is steadily coming in on Michigan, but I, I, I really like the other side. I won't break down why. Let's hear, let's hear your thoughts. Well, first of all, Nick Saban, outside of the college football playoff, has won eight straight bowl games. And the other three losses he's had during that stretch came in national championship games along the way. So you got to give him a ton of credit for what he's been able to accomplish. Jim Harbaugh lost six straight bowl games. Yep. I think when you look at Ohio, excuse me, when you look at Michigan, their last four games, they've averaged 284 yards of offense per game. That would put them outside the top 100 if you're ranking offenses in terms of yardage per game just on that basis alone. Michigan's a good football team, but I actually think when you look at them, they didn't have a challenging schedule. Yes, they did beat Ohio State at home, but the Buckeyes were not the same or as good as they were two years or in 2022. And you look at Michigan, I don't think their running game is as good as it was in 2022. No, you're correct. Quorum was dominant. Edwards was outstanding. They lose Zinter on the offensive line. I think that's going to be a big blow. Remember, he gets hurt in the second half against Ohio State. That wasn't as impactful in that time. Alabama's got three players with at least seven sacks on their defensive front. The secondary is outstanding. Uh, and I think the one other thing is they have not faced a quarterback like Jalen Milrow, who's got incredible mobility. And, you know, people can say whatever they want, including Bill O'Brien, about Jalen Milrow. But I can tell you right now, I was high on this kid uh, two years ago. I watched him play, and I was like, you got a guy who's 6'4", 230, and he can move, and he's got arm strength. He can be a real problem. And I think that's the one challenge in college football that still exists. When you have a quarterback who's mobile, but he can complete some passes, and people forget Burton on the perimeter is a dangerous threat. But see how the Alabama running game does? And the Michigan defensive front is not as good as it was last year. So I, I think it would be a challenge. I am a little bit surprised that the oddsmakers have Michigan power rated ahead of everybody right now because, to me, if you look at Michigan's schedule, wouldn't Georgia, wouldn't Alabama, wouldn't all these other teams, assuming they beat Ohio State and they would have them at home, 
wouldn't they all be 12 and 0 and destroy everybody with similar fashion in excuse me in similar fashion Look, absolutely. It's going to come down to whether or not Michigan can run the ball, and if they can't, they're in big trouble because their pass offense is very pedestrian. Alabama's got speedy receivers. They don't have the Jerry Judys or Henry Ruggs or Amari Coopers anymore, but they'll get open. Maryland's receivers did. So Ohio State, you brought up a good point. Oh, better way, Ohio State outgained Michigan. Real quickly, Amal, just got about a minute. I actually yeah. think Washington's more dangerous than people realize. That game's a coin flip to me. Your thoughts? I love Washington in this spot. Look, Texas played well in Alabama, and they're getting a lot of credit for it, rightfully so, but they lost to an Oklahoma team. They they were tied at the end of three quarters in Austin against Wyoming. They were fortunate that Chris Klein is the kind of blackjack player that would hit on a 20 facing a 10, and that's what he did in that game going for two in Austin. They're fortunate to be in the college football playoff. They could have easily lost to K-State. And then I look at Washington. Penix is incredibly experienced. Remember, they beat him last year in the Alamo Bowl 27-20. Look, I get all the individual players, Malik Neighbors, Jaden Daniels, and Marvin Harrison. The best player in college football this year was Roma Dunze. There is nobody that can match up with him in one-on-one coverage. When you look at him, Polk McMillan, and, of course, Dylan Johnson, I think this offense is underrated. And here's another thing. Washington has not won a game by more than 11 points. Uh, you have to go all the way back to September 23rd, last time they won by 11 points or more. They've been in tight games. I don't think the situation is going to scare them if they're trailing late. I agree, and Washington might have the best offensive line in college football, and they'll keep, if they can protect Michael Penix, it's going to be a shootout. All right, pal, uh, Amal, great stuff, and uh, Happy New Year. We'll, we'll talk soon. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Happy New Year, Bernie. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Maller here. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two-liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app, then pick between two and six players to choose if they'll have more or less of a stat like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code MALLER. The new customers play 5 bucks and get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code MALLER only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in Pick 6 credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only, expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zen won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zin. Find your Zin online or in a store near you at zin.com slash find. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Big news, especially if you're a Broncos fan. Some felt, well, they felt they saw this coming. Paging Derek Carr, you saw the same thing happen last year. There's even a Jared Stidham sighting just for fun. So... Obviously, Russell Wilson's tenure in Denver appears to be over. Uh, if he's got a, a an injury clause in his contract, so if he were to play in Week 17 or 18 and get hurt, that kicks in. That would cost the Broncos another 39 million. They're already going to take an 85 million dollar cap hit. And uh, you know, let's face it, uh, it's not gone well there. It's a, it's a situation where. I don't know that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton were ever on the same page, and, and Wilson's numbers actually weren't that horrible. And by the way, this has become sort of a highly charged situation because all of a sudden there are people coming out of the woodwork defending Russell Wilson, and then there are people slamming the people defending Russell Wilson. Uh, anyway, a slice it. If he's on the roster five days into the 2024 season, the Broncos, well, they're already on the hook for $37 million next year, but now they'd be on the hook for an additional $39 million. So, where does he go from here? I don't know, home dinner, maybe a show? Here's the thing that sticks in my mind. How will this trade for Russell Wilson be judged? Remember, this is, Sean Payton inherited Russell Wilson, okay? But Russell Wilson will end his tenure with a record of 11-19. and 19. But two years ago, in addition to guaranteeing Russell Wilson $242 million, well, they also parted with five draft picks and three players. Drew Locke, Noah Fant, who've both been good contributors for the Seattle Seahawks, and Shelby Harris, who's a free agent now. By the way, they also gave up draft picks, first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick, and fifth-round draft pick in 2022, and then the first and second-round uh, picks in, in 2023. Before I dive into where it looks like Russell Wilson's next stop might be, I was surprised. He's got some people that are interested. I want to talk to our resident Bronco fan. Coop, when you when you saw this come down once and for all, what was your knee-jerk reaction? Um, I was I was kind of surprised that it happened when it did. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I was expecting it to happen at the end of the season. But also at the same time, I kind of didn't care because the Christmas Eve game just kind of uh, sucked the life out of me. And do you think they would have done this, Coop, had uh, the Patriots beaten New England on Christmas Eve? No, absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. We had uh, we had uh, Benjamin Albright on Wednesday night, and he, he felt the same way. So I don't know that I buy Sean Payton's uh, deal. We're still trying to win because I still think Russell Wilson gives him a, a better chance to, to, to win there. Uh, I just feel like if you look at the body language between those two, it was just never simpatico. And I, I'm not defending Russell Wilson or taking sides, but if you watch the team, and I, at Cooper, I want to get your final thought on this. It felt like when Russell Wilson was able to freelance and do what he does off schedule, the Denver offense actually moved better. It felt slightly stifled in Sean Payton's offense. It was, was that an observation of yours, or what did you see? Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose so. It's it's tough because obviously Russell Wilson was playing a lot better than last year. Uh, his yeah. His stats as far as uh, touchdowns to interceptions were were good. But I still don't think, you know, and a lot of people are pointing to that, just showing like, oh, you know, Sean Payton, Sean Payton's the problem. Like, I can't believe he benched Russell Wilson. You know, look at his stats compared to Patrick Mahomes, who's thrown just as many touchdowns, but more interceptions. But the fact of the matter is I've watched every single game, every single minute of every single game. And the games that we lost was because we couldn't move the ball. And, and, you know, if you look at Russell Wilson's yardage, which, you know, it, it does it does matter, yardage. It's not just, you know, yeah, touchdowns are scoring points, but mm-hmm. the games that we lost was because we couldn't just get that one more first down or we couldn't get it from the two-yard line into the end zone with four tries things like that and so I don't I just I don't think I never watched Russell Wilson thinking oh this offense is good it had good moments it was inconsistent I think you nailed it and yardage does matter because it correlates to points but not always but uh, you are right. He had 26 touchdown passes, eight interceptions, and you compare that. Believe it or not, Patrick Mahomes is 25 and 13. Even Jordan Love's 27 and 11. So this is a situation with a lot of moving parts. Uh, Eddie, this is a division rival of your Chargers or your wife's Chargers. Do you have any thoughts on how this went down? Is it is it a bad look? Is it necessary? Is it needed to happen? I understand Broncos fans are split down the middle. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I did not watch the Broncos as closely as as Justin did. But, uh, you know, it it seemed like this was, I mean, this isn't really a surprise. Uh, Sean Payton uh, took that job in spite of Russell Wilson. I think it was pretty clear he never wanted really him as his quarterback. But he uh, didn't want to turn down all that money. And I figured he, you know, he he gave it a shot to see how it would work out. And it wasn't working out up to uh, what he wants. I do, I do. It was hard not to laugh, though. And I know coaches lie all the time, but for him to talk about, you know, this being just about winning and Jerry right. Stidham is going to be a better option than Russell Wilson is is hilarious and laughable. Um, but yeah, it, it just seemed like this was 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 doomed from the start. And Russell Wilson will find another home and be better off for it. No, and that's a good segue. And uh, coming up out of the hour after your update, Eddie, I want to dive into the Chargers because there are coaching candidate names emerging. I want to give you the GM hat and see where you'd go with this. But here are the names emerging. You're right. Believe it or not, the Raiders have emerged. Why might that be a fit? Well, if, if the only way it'll make sense is if Russell Wilson is released, which clearly he's going to be. Otherwise, he'll be on the hook to pay him another $39 million. 
And by the way, the Raiders have had their own expensive backups. Jimmy Garoppolo, they got to move off of him as well. But from the Raiders' vantage point, I talked to somebody today, look, they think Russell Wilson's been reasonably solid. 10th in completion percentage, 16th in passing yards, 6th in passing touchdowns, thrown only 8 picks in 15 games. He's not a Pro Bowl-level player, but he's still a starting caliber quarterback, and the Raiders don't have that now. And I know the Raiders feel like they need to draft their quarterback of the future, but if they do that, they're setting back the franchise three more years while people wait. And so that why it could, that's why it could make sense here uh, in Las Vegas. They're talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, they'd be a bit of a Hail Mary if you try to bring in Russell Wilson there. But, but as it stands right now, Minnesota's 24, uh, 2024 quarterback plans are fairly uncertain because Kirk Cousins... He's hurt now, of course, but his contract voids at the conclusion of this season, and Kirk Cousins is going to have a pretty big market. He's going to have a lot of people interested in his services for a lot of money. If that happens, well, the Vikings have the same dilemma most of the other teams have. Do you try to draft a high-end quarterback talent in the draft? I don't know. Or do you sign a bridge quarterback, which Wilson could be for the next two years maybe? Maybe three if you're lucky, but maybe two that might work because the Vikings check a lot of other boxes. I mean, when Nick Mullins threw for 400 yards against the Lions this past week, and obviously their defense has improved. Look, Cousins returning to Minnesota would kibosh this, okay? But we don't know if he's going to return to Minnesota. And uh, you got a situation where he's going to command a lot of money. I don't know what the Vikings, what they want to do. Kevin O'Connell, he, he values accuracy over the middle of the field more than anything else. Uh, so I don't know that he, Russell Wilson would be Kevin O'Connell's guy. The New England Patriots, and we're going to have a guest from Boston, 2.30 a.m. talking about Belichick, but all of a sudden, New England Patriots, are, are they're in the mix now as a possible team. The short answer, why? Well, I think if the cat's out of the bag, the Pats need a quarterback, and uh, it's probably, probably the end of the Mac Jones era, and uh, you, you can't take Bailey Zappi seriously. And if the Patriots end up with the number two pick, which could happen, they might they might take a quarterback. Now you got a quarterback on a rookie contract. And the other thing I think that the, the Patriots are concerned about, remember they had an aging Tom Brady that, that, that Robert Kraft tried to get rid of, uh, or Bill Belichick tried to get rid of a few years ago, and Kraft won that battle. Well, Russell, Russell Wilson, I believe, turns 36 next year. So, you know, do you have a bridge guy or do you have a long-term guy? Finally, the Washington Commanders, look, Joby, Jacoby Brissett started, I think, last week. It was the 36th starting quarterback for the Washington franchise since 1993. That's a bad fact pattern because that means you're not drafting well. That means you're not acquiring well, not developing, whatever the case may be. Uh, Wilson could be viewed as maybe a viable option to maybe a marquee-type player if you want that and all the baggage that comes with it. Uh, or he could just help the franchise maybe start to win some games uh, next year. But the truth of the matter is uh, we don't know what's going to happen in Washington. I know that Ron Rivera actually tried to trade for Russell Wilson two years ago, and they couldn't get the deal done because Wilson had zero interest in joining the commanders, and that was a circus then with Dan Snyder. But Snyder's out, and I guess Rivera's going to be out. That's what they're saying. I don't like to talk about a guy's job, but he's got it. But that's that's apparently what's happening. It, there's ifs and buts there as well because the, if the commanders maintain the number three pick in the draft, again, they're looking at a potential highly touted prospect. 
But Raiders, Vikings, New England, Washington, names are emerging, and there'll probably be more, as you can tell. You know, quarterbacks uh, don't exactly uh, grow on trees in the National Football League. And this is the year of the backup. And it's the thinnest position in all sports. If you got one, you better hold on to it for dear life. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Maller here. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Firestone test results and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. 
the way tire buying should be. Let's go out to Boston. It's surreal to think that the New England Patriots could be seeing the final two games of Bill Belichick. But that seems to be the vibe. Let's bring in a gentleman who's got his finger on the pulse. Say hello to Jeff Dawson from ECI. Jeff, appreciate you jumping on tonight. What's the latest that you can tell us about Bill Belichick? Well, it's <clears throat> good morning, Bernie. It's kind of crazy. Uh, we had a conversation not too long ago. Take us back to Germany. Uh, the Patriots lose to the Colts, uh, now 1-8. and eight. Um a very big, big game for Mr. Kraft and the Patriots. Uh, the decision was made. Uh, it's time. We're going to move on. We're going to let him finish out the rest of the year. Uh, now the Patriots, uh, since then, have won three games. They've won two out of the last three, a couple Thursdays ago in Pittsburgh, and then on Christmas Eve in Denver. And some of the locals are now saying, Bernie, um, Maybe we're not as bad as we thought. Maybe we can play this back again. So it's going to be, listen, they're at Buffalo this week. We don't expect them to win uh, this weekend. But the last game at home against the Jets, we do kind of expect them to win. And this season, 5-12. and 12. Then the official sit-down, Bernie. Uh, Bob now selling, I'm sorry, Bill now selling Mr. Kraft why he should stay. So it's getting interesting, Bernie. So when you say locals, Jeff, do you mean the local media? or I mean, because the fans aren't going to dictate this decision. When you say locals, I think maybe they're staying the stark reality. If you replace Belichick, who do you replace him with? So when you say locals, are you talking about media, fans? What, could you be more specific on that? Uh, a couple people we are real close to uh, inside the building and media. Oh, okay, fair. Okay, so that answers it. So the truth of the matter is, it's not a fait accompli that he'll move on. You say there'll be a sit-down. What do you think the factors that Robert Kraft will consider as to whether or not he brings him back? Um, well, the bottom line coming out is it's a business. And the fact of the matter is, uh, Bill kind of finally forced uh, Bob's hand and when uh, Tom Brady leaving. And then, of course, Tom wins the Super Bowl. I think in the back of uh, Robert's mind is if force Bill out of the building and he finds that ready-made job, let's just use the Chargers as an example, uh, you know, with the quarterback, with an offense, with a defense, that in a year or two, Bill could do the same thing. So the, the, he had a two-year deal, and uh, he's still under contract for next year. And, and the fact is that Gerard Mayo is the next coach in waiting, and a lot of people in the building feel that Gerard Mayo is not ready to take over next year. So there's a lot of moving parts. This thing was done, Bernie, uh, two months ago. And now there's a lot of moving parts where uh, Mayo has rubbed some people the wrong way as well. Do we just cut ties and let Mayo step in a year early? We have Bill O'Brien. We'll move a couple other pieces in. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, we don't expect them to win this week, and then we expect them to win next week. So, you know, winners of three of the last five games. Uh, five wins is not what Bob was looking for at the start of this year. So uh, as much as I thought it was a done deal two months ago, it's going to get interesting in the next two weeks, and I'm definitely going to keep you on speed, though. 
So my question is this. Uh, if they decide to bring him back, would they just go the full Monty and keep him around till he breaks Don Shula's record? Would it be an anathema if Belichick were to go somewhere else and all of a sudden he gets that 329th victory and New England fans and their hearts sink? We realize he's at what right now, Jeff? 304? Does that sound right? That's about right. So he'd have, he's got to win 24 more games. It might take three seasons. Okay? It might, unless he puts together a couple of 12-win seasons. Not likely. How much does that factor into Kraft's decision that they want him around if he breaks Shula's record? You know, tough question there because we thought this was, you know, a layup, a walk in the park. And some of um, I was talking to last night, you know, they're not going to bring him back on uh, the last year of a contract. It's almost like one of these, well, if we bring him back, we're going to have to give him another year um, as it is. So it's one of these where you would say at this point, Bernie, we're just going to stick it out till he breaks the record. And if that takes us an extra year, and then that's another year of season and for Mayo. Um, I think... I think it's 50-50. If I had talked to you six weeks ago, I would say this was done. He was gone. Right. Uh, Washington, uh, the Panthers, you know, but he wants to move into somewhere ready to win. He doesn't want to sit in a rebuild situation that might take him three to five years somewhere else to then finally beat uh, Shula's record. Last one for me. Without really trying to handicap this or predict it, how much of a market will there really be for Bill Belichick in a new city in 2024 should he depart? Uh, the same exact as we thought with Tom Brady. We thought, you know, there would be six, eight, nine teams knocking up the door. Wow. With Tom, with Tom Brady, there was only two. There was Tampa and there was the Chargers. So right. even though there will be seven or eight maybe nine opening positions. It will be a short, short market. I'm, I'm sticking to Washington. I think the Panthers are a wild card. And as you know, of course, the Chargers are, are, are the big play uh, for next year. But, uh, you know, we're here at Harbar, but we'll have to see what happens down that road, Bernie. Jeff, uh, good stuff. We'll be talking uh, again. Uh, this is kind of a fascinating story. It could be the end of an era, but it's taken a left turn. They're calling an audible, as it were. There's not a realm of possibility, Jeff, if I hear you correctly, that Bill Belichick could be back in New England next year. I think he could. I hope his sales pitch is good. Jeff, good stuff. Enjoy your weekend. Happy New Year. We'll talk again soon. It's Jeff uh, Dawson from ECI. There you have it. Uh, They're getting maybe cold feet about letting go of Bill Belichick. It's not a fait accompli that he will, in fact, be gone. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.